Anyway, um, so listen, I want to jump right into it. Like I said, I respect your time. Um, we, you folks are joining us, but we just sang a song uh, called Yahweh. Holy, holy is the Lord, worthy to be praised, Yahweh. And that might be really weird to some people. Because um, you're like, what? what? what is that? Why are they saying about Yahweh? I mentioned Elohim today. Well, uh, driving here yesterday, I was thinking about that song. And I was like, I really like the song. Because, dude, like, all right, just truth time. Y'all didn't get into it as much as I would have <laughs> if I were out there. Because we're going to talk about fire rising in our souls. And I just lose my mind when I'm in my vehicle. You can ask Alex. He worries at times about me when I'm driving. But, um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Well, as I was thinking about that, um, about Yahweh, I was just thinking about the different names of God. And here's the thing. Um, I want to talk about them today. So, so here's the thing. I, ta- I usually talk about, if you're a guest here, I usually talk about um, topics. I don't typically just tend to, you know, go through the Bible or whatever. Like, God usually puts something on my heart. And then we talk about, like, forgiveness, or we talk about this or that or this or that. But today I'm going to put the preacher hat aside. I'm going to do some teaching. But the heart of this is not information. Because you do not need more information. Because there's lots of people out there that know everything about God, but they've never met him. Yes? And some of us, that's fine. Listen, no judgment out there. But I want to introduce you to the different facets he introduces himself through, and he uses his name. So let's get started. We sung a song, Yahweh, and you wonder what that is. Um, Do you want to see what that looks like? Let's do do the picture. Should be a picture here. This is the Hebrew. No. Yes, please, the other one. Thank you. This is Yahweh, written. This is Hebrew. Now, before you get sucked into your Western thinking, we actually, they read from right to left. And so <clears throat> I'm going to teach this to you real quickly. This part's nerdy, and then we're going to get into the heart of it all. So from right to left, that's yod Hey vav Hey. Where did that come from, you guys? It came from a guy named Moses, goes to this bush that's on fire, and he says, what's going on here? This is crazy. And number one, <laughs> that's my version of the Bible, sorry. Um, I mean, imagine that, though. You're seeing someone that's not being consumed. That's crazy. Well, number one, there's a declaration. And it says this, take your shoes off. This is holy ground, which is an act of worship. You follow me? So all of a sudden you realize that's God in that there bush because it just demanded worship. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I will preach today. And he says, well, I got a bunch of excuses why I can't do what you need me to do, God. That's my Chris Farley impression. But um, that's like everybody else, right? What, God, what do you need me to do? There's something way too big for me. Thanks, Julie. Um, what's the situation? And God says this. He's, he's coming up with all these excuses, and he says, wait a minute. I've got this task that I can't accomplish on my own. Who, who am I going to tell these people sent me? And he says at this point, he says, and uh, Bruce will try to record this one, it's ichyach asher ichyach. And we've translated it. It's impossible to translate, but it's I am that which I am. I am what I am. I create what I create. I spent an hour yesterday in the office looking at everybody's commentaries about it. And you know what? We just don't know. If someone tells you they know, they're the smartest person on the planet and they know God personally. Well, we all know God personally, but you know what I'm trying to say. Because honestly, you cannot do it. It was not something that would... So what they did was, he heard it audibly. He heard, Ichyach, Asher, Ichyach. So he wrote down, Yod, He, Vav, He. Now we have a problem. There's no vowels in there. So he wrote down, Yod, He, Vav, He. But it doesn't translate into something you could write or even really say. Do you understand that? So he immediately changes it to third person, and he says, instead of Ichyach Asher Ichyach, he says, Yahweh Ichyach, or whatever. I'm not going to get you buried into this, but I'm going to say this. 
he introduces himself as Yad, Yahweh, yod heh vav and that's called the Tetragrammaton. That's the big uppercase in your Old Testament, L-O-R-D, word of the Bible. So the first name of God I want to introduce you today, and we're going to run the gamut. I'm not going to get them all. So if you're sitting there going, why didn't he say? I don't know. These are the ones God wanted me to deal with, okay? This is Yahweh. Now, here's what I want you to understand, and this is all about today. Now we'll do the next picture. Here's some of them. I'm not going to cover them all. I'm actually going to cover some that aren't on the list. El Shaddai, El Alion, Adonai, Yahweh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Ra, keep going, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. These are all words. These are all names of God in the Old Testament. And guys, I got news for you. He's not schizophrenic, nor does he have multiple personalities. He's revealing more of himself or different facets of himself through his name. Do you follow me on that one? Well, here's my, here's my entire sermon ready. <clears throat> Many of us from our church upbringing, our media, whatever it may be, we've, we're comfortable with that one, but we don't know about this one over here. Uh, yeah, I've met God on the mountain, but I don't know Abba Father. And I've met the Lord, who is the only one to be worshipped, but I've never met the Lord, my provider. You follow me? You think it's worth 20 minutes of your time? Good, let's do this thing, okay. Yahweh, this is the Lord. Uh, go back to the picture if you wouldn't mind, Brian. So they see it. It's derived from the Hebrew word of I am. I just, I told you the whole story. And you know where you see this? Let's do this first scripture. Here's where you see Yahweh. Let's give you a flavor of it. In the beginning, Yahweh created the heavens and the earth. So what you're talking about when you hear yod heh which again, they then put in vowels so they could hear it. Yahweh would be a V. Um, and then again, it turned into Jehovah, that's where Jehovah came from as well. Um, it's much more contemporary to use Jehovah than you might think, 18th and 19th century. Um, but Jehovah came from Yahweh. But if you want to know where it all stems from, it's yod heh But this is it right here. In the beginning, yod heh created the heavens and the earth. Next one, Bri. <clears throat> Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of Yahweh. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so here's what you need to know. Yahweh is the name of authority. It's the one that holds great power and says to all who hear, I am the one true God, follow me. The great I am. So here's the reason I want to bring this up. Lots of us met him in churches with really big stained glass windows. We met him and that's not wrong. Do you understand? But you do not stop there. Amen? That's one thing. And here's the thing about this week. You might end up in Mexico standing there sweating under the sun in an impossible situation. You may be praying for infertility. You might be whatever it may be, but you got to understand this. The one true God, when facing a difficult task, situation, or even a difficult person, the name of which you lean upon, the name, this truth, there's Yahweh. No matter what that medical report says. Do you understand that? No matter what the future holds, you've got the one who lit the sun and is sustaining your nervous system and synapses running down your spine. That's him. That's him. And if you've been sold a weak, wussy, fair, fair-skinned, blue-eyed Jesus that can't take care of you, then you're going to be in trouble when the storms come because it's not the truth. So what I'm actually going to do today through the names of God is actually tear down a lot of falsities that, that society, church, and even the enemy has sown in our lives. The same one who said, let light be, was the actual translation out of Hebrew, let light be because it wasn't there before, he's actually the same one who promises to take care of us in our difficult situations. We can trust his loving leadership in our lives. He is the Lord. Now, the next one we're going to talk about is Elohim. Let's go to the, the name, the list of names. 
I'm not going to show you scripture for each one, but you see Elohim, uh, fifth one up. Now, Elohim literally just means God, and it refers singularly to his incredible power and might. So Lord has to do with leadership and power, but Elohim is this. Oh, show me lightning. Yeah. Elohim is the lightning. Elo Elohim is heaven thundered and the world was born. That's Elohim. Elohim is the one where they would say the name and tremble and fall on their faces. And if someone didn't come and give them strength, they weren't getting up. You seen that in the, in the Old or New Testaments? When they come anywhere near God and your power all of a sudden is infantile in a joke compared to a creator God? That's Elohim. So you got Jehovah God and you can kind of come near him in the burning bush. But guess what? Nobody approaches Elohim. It's the great and powerful name of God. I wish I had this picture. But at one point, there's a lightning storm on a mountain in an active volcano. So you've seen it. Let's start to touch what we're talking about. Because Elohim, when referred to in the Bible, is fire, is lightning, and is thunder. You get it? Now listen, don't lose touch. We're going to tie it all together. Because if, well, I don't want to give that much away. Elohim means that the supreme true God and in a world that promotes false religion and tells you to worship yourself and whatever you think is true and whatever doesn't offend people, Elohim exists and is very much still on the throne and does not share. Elohim is the one that when each and every one of us depart from time, which is a physical property to those condemned to the earth at the time, when you depart this physical body and you are translated, that was a joke uh, of, yeah, that was actually quite a nerdy Bible joke there, translated, you are going to look Elohim in the face. And I'm not threatening you. I love you. I'm telling you the truth. Elohim. And no matter what you said or how you felt in this world, there is truth. And it's God. And it's Elohim. And he is fire and he is lightning. That's the way it goes. You understand? And CNN can say what they want to say. And Fox News can say what they want to say. And other preachers can say what they want to say. There is one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. When you meet Elohim, you realize your arms are way too short to box with him. And you have no right on truth his truth is in the word and his word is un as, as unshakable as him do you understand so we started with the big and powerful ones and when i was younger in the faith i kind of i don't know some people shy away from this but let me tell you something when izzy was choking literally to death in my arms two years ago um, she choked on a gummy. Boy, it happened so fast. And it's not like I was playing on my phone, if y'all weren't here for that. Uh, it was not a gummy. It's a vitamin. And that's the way she would take it. And I, I gave Alex his two. I gave Izzy one. And I said, chew it. Don't run. She turned around, turned back with panic on her face. It was that quick. And I won't tell you the story because I'll cry like a child. But um, I grabbed her and started heimlicking her for what felt like an eternity. And I'm not going to lie to you, seriously, and I don't think I have the reputation around town of being a liar, but there came a time when it wasn't working, and she was turning blue in my arms. And I'm not even joking that my mind, I literally just at that moment, Alex ran away because he was scared. The dog ran away too. Um, I don't blame him. I wanted to run away. But um, there was a moment in there where I called out to God, and let me tell you something. I am so pleased that he can hang the sun. I am so pleased that he is made of steel and, and fire and iron and reached down into my situation and it wasn't too much for him. Do you know that? I'm so pleased that even though people I love, they've been booted out of marriages, I'm so pleased that children need family and yet there's this unstoppable force of truth that will never depart. And in the world, like I said, where we all want to design our own gods 
and I'll pick this about him and pick this about him, one thing remains, Elohim. Elohim, this name will not move. Elohim is truth. He sits on the throne, like I said. And God, God reminds us this every day, guys. Uh, they deforested our, our land around us, I've told you, but now we have amazing sunsets. And every day I see the colors, which he didn't have to make, but he did for us. And I see this, and it reminds me of his power. And that's okay, but like I said, in my life, when I need that power, I'm so glad Elohim is one of his names. Now, what's the application on this as I get going here and kick into second gear? It's whom shall I fear? If there's really an Elohim out there, the Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall I fear, says Psalm 27.1. There's an unstoppable God. And you know what we do, though? Listen, let me warn you about something. You're going to leave here, and increasingly throughout the week, we're going to lose sight of him. And somehow the busyness of, of, of life and, and, and somehow difficulties come up, and, and, and they seem to shrink God. And I, I get that. But let me tell you something. This side of God, Elohim, I've learned to not fear in the, in the, in the, in the fear sense of the word. I've learned to trust and rely on it. And this side of God, I, I keep right here loaded. I keep right here. Because when the news tries to tell me everything's going all to hell, and when the divorce rate's super high and, and blah, 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 I know Elohim sits on the throne, right? When I know somebody I love is struggling, guess what quality of God I draw on and I fire until the enemy drops. And you might think I'm weird and that's fine. I don't want to be like everybody else. It's pretty boring in my opinion. But when my kids get a fever, guess who I reach for? I reach for an access to that this side of Father God, Elohim. Do you understand that? When these diagnoses come down, I say, he's not moving. I don't care what you say, he's not moving. Let's continue to paint the picture here. Elohim was used, uh, yeah, there you go, good, all right, you've got this. Now, I wanted to hit, hit another one. Um, I might misspeak here because some people say Jehovah or Yehovah, Yaira or Jaira. What, if I say a version of that, it's because Greek and Hebrew, okay? Um, Jehovah Jaira, let's go back to the list so they can see it somewhere. It probably should be on the bottom. Um, Jehovah Jaira, the Lord will provide. Now, I'm so glad that this fire in the mountain is also very generous by his very nature. Now, um, I'm going to keep you for a minute because I want to teach you something. And I can sense that uh, this is something we need. So this comes literally out of a story where a man named Abraham is called by God to sacrifice his son. Now, there are wild misunderstandings about this story in my opinion. This is just my opinion. You do your research. You're responsible for you, not me. Okay, it's called the Akidah in Hebrew, the offering of Isaac. Now, I don't want to brush past this, but when we hear about the story, do we, no hands, no nothing, but lots of us think about this little boy walking up the mountain with his father, and his father's about to murder him. Lots of us think about that. And can I tell you something? And I'm not afraid to say this because Elohim can handle my, me and my questions, is this. If I ever see something in the Bible where God doesn't look like Jesus, I don't understand it. That's my promise to you. That's AJ's motto. I've been saying that for four years here, seven years at the other church. If you see something in the Bible like the flood, or like Sodom and Gomorrah, or like an adult man walking up trying to kill a little boy, I got news for you. Listen to Uncle AJ's head, voice in your head. You don't understand it. Number one, Isaac was not a child at the time. Let's look at the scriptures. I'll prove it to you. I mean, I can't really prove it to you through this, but... <clears throat> Abraham says to his servants, one of which is named... Uh, forget it. Uh, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Now, boy simply means servant, um, blah, 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 like underling. It doesn't, doesn't mean boy, but anyway. We'll go over there, and we'll worship, and then we'll come back to him. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire because they didn't have bicks back then. That actually struck me, and I laughed. He had to actually carry fire up there. 
I mean, really, what did he do? <laughs> right? I mean, or maybe the two sticks. I don't know. But how do you know he didn't actually carry the flame? Right? And had to like cup it the whole time. I don't know. And the knife. And as the two of them went on together, time out. I have a six-year-old and I have a three-year-old. I'll tell you what. It's a four-day journey. I am not putting the wood for the burnt offering on my son because the dude wouldn't be able to carry it up a mountain unless he were older and stronger. Huh. Now, uh, Isaac's mother, Sarah, Sarai, whatever, she dies at a certain year, blah, blah, blah. We're able to deduce, deduce this. Now, I'm going to give you, um, diff I mean, heavy-hitting commentators say this. Uh, Isaac was either 18 to 20 years old. That's Leopold. Josephus, he was a commentator. He says he was 25 years old. Adam Clark says he was 33 years old. And Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown say he was over 20. The consensus is this. This was not a child. The consensus is this. This was either a young man or a full-grown man walking beside his father up a mountain. Sits down. Now, now listen. His father was also over 100 years old. So now you saw a big burly guy wrestling a little boy, didn't you? Wrong, Ernie. Wrong again. That's not. The, you see a guy willingly walk up and say, how are we worshiping God today? Dad. And number two... We have another problem about this if you think this was a murderous story. You read it right there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So this idea you thought he was going to go out and kill him. What, what, what are you reading, people? Gosh, I should berate you more. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm not trying to do that. But how did we miss that all these years? He says to his servant Eleazar, which means comforter, he says, uh, we're going to worship and come back to you. Now, here's why. Why? Okay, Genesis 22. I think we're going back in time, right, Bri? Yeah, don't lay a hand on him, says the angel. Now I know if you're God. Blah, blah, blah. No, go back one, Bri. I had so many of them I couldn't, and I, I didn't want to keep it too super long. There was four different times where God appears and goes, hey, you're going to have a son. I'm going to make you a, a mighty nation. Do you guys remember any of that? Do you remember when Abraham takes it in his own strength because it took too long, and he goes into his maidservant, and he has a son named uh, Wild Donkey, Ishmael? That was the translation for the name, guys. That was another Bible joke. But anyway, um, it was. <laughs> Ishmael, God looks down and goes, not that guy. He's not the one that the promise is going to come through. The son born of her. So we have another problem, guys. Mike, if he was going to sacrifice his son, God's already promised, this is the boy through which I'm going to make you a descendant of many nations. So we have a problem. This is, I can imagine Abraham's going like this. Abraham, wake up and uh, go sacrifice your son. Cool. Because you know what? You promised me descendants through him, so if I kill him, you're going to have to raise him from the dead or something, bro. It's your problem. But I'll get the knife and the fire. Let's do this. Come on, we're going up. And I'll give you this because I know you need it. Where's... Well, I was going to do the little boy, but he's not. Hey, Dad. Yeah, yeah, bud. Where's the ram? And what does he say? What does he say? What does he say? God will provide himself a sacrifice. God will provide himself a... God will provide himself. Now, strangely enough, Michael... On a mountain. That very same mountain topographically, hundreds of years later, a father really did sacrifice his son. Do you know that they can pretty much prove that this mountain he walked up was called Golgotha? Calvary, the place of the skulls. Abraham was acting out prophecy. Because a couple hundred years later, Jesus would really be sacrificed for our sins. Get it? I told you before, man, there's so many arcs and types in the Bible where people are acting out prophecy. Prophecy in English is prediction and fulfillment. Prophecy in Hebrew is it gets acted out and shows you something. Do you understand that? So the offering of Isaac is actually teaching you about Jesus Christ. 
He never had to kill his son, Mike. Why would he? And by the way, God had already disallowed child sacrifice. So you think, and Bev's even talked about this. Some preachers will tell you, you got to love God more than you love your kids. Be willing to kill your kid for God. And I would say this. God would never ask me to kill my kid. That would violate who he is. So if he asks me to do something, I'm going to trust who he is. Now let's go to the next slide. Wow. And yeah, whatever. Next one. Okay. Oh, whatever one you showed me before that. Yeah, the one before that says feared me. Do not lay hand on the judge and I know anything that sin, fear God. <laughs> now I know that you fear God. How many times have I taught you that doesn't mean tremble and be afraid? How many times have I taught you that? It can't mean that because God says this, do not be afraid because I'm here. So if you're supposed to fear God and then he says, don't be afraid, I'm in the room, he's just asked you to sin against him very, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So fearing God means trusting his intentions. Now watch this. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you trust me, man. Get it? Do you really think he was trembling up there? God really is a terrible slave driver. He's making me kill this kid I waited 40 years for. Does that look like Jesus Christ? I can see some of you are relieved because the story stuck in your side. And it should have if you misunderstood it. Because the devil wanted to tell you that God is only Elohim and only Jehovah. And when you're praying for a baby or you're praying for your marriage or whatever... Uh, maybe God doesn't care because he's the same one who asked me to take what I love and put it to death. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He asked you to trust what he already said. And what are we talking about right now? We're talking about Jehovah Jireh. After this, Abraham says, the Lord will provide. God is the provider. Oh my gosh, thank you. Awesome. He's not the taker. He's the provider. Bruce, you get that? That just occurred to me. He's not Jehovah take from you. He's Jehovah give you everything you need. So practically, we've got the thunder on the mountain. We've got fire. We've got the big cathedral God. And then we have the one who says, I want to meet every one of your needs. And I'm not one to take from you. I'm not here to take from you. Madison, if you come to me, I'm going to give to you. I'm not going to steal your good times. I'm not going to steal your, the quality of life. I'm here to give you life and life to the fullest. I'm going to give to you. And if you think I'm here to take from you, you don't know me. Is that good or what? I am preaching today. Thanks, Bruce. I'm going to push through. Y'all are looking like this, but maybe because it's good. That's what I'm going to assume. You know who he is to me? When I got to figure out how to pay my bills, there's the Jehovah Jireh, and that's who I pray to. Now, I'm not, don't get weird. I'm not talking about, well, let me see my Rolodex of God's names. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, that's what they started to do in the, in, in the New, New Testament, pharisaically. Let me say these words. Let me chant this prayer, or even worse, let me pray to this person who will pray on my behalf. That's idolatry. You've got a God who will provide. You don't need a middleman. You don't need a saint because you are the saints of God. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you, fire inside of you. And does God want you to have things? He sure does. He wants to be the one who provides it for you. He just never wants those things to have you. And I can't preach on that today. I can't. Oh, this is awesome. Jehovah, trust the intentions of Jehovah Jireh. Let me do the next one. Jehovah Rapha. It means this, the healer, the Lord who heals you. Now, this name brings so much comfort and hope to many of us who've prayed for healing and deliverance, guys. Disease, illness, brokenness, painful circumstances, or even a mind that is not completely sound. When I was talking about a sound mind a few weeks ago, I just had this idea of a lake that has no disturbances in it. Um, a sound mind to me. Everybody see a pond or a lake that is just glass? That's a sound mind. And for years as a church, we've said, God will hear your arm, brother. God will hear your pancreas and liver, brother. Get your mind right. Get out of bed. 
That's not us. We may need Jehovah Rapha for the depression or manic cycles that we go through or inherited or whatever it may be. But I'm so glad that fire on the mountain also is my healer. Let me give you another type. You ever wonder why they're wandering around the desert and uh, they're getting bit by snakes? You remember this? And they're dying. And so God tells his representatives, who back at that time only a few people had the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what he commanded them to do? Fashion a, what was it? A snake, right? A bronze snake. Put it up in the mountain. Make a bronze snake. Put it on the mountain. And when y'all get bit by snakes, look at it and you'll be all right. That's weird, right? It's weird. Come on. You're allowed to say that. Because behind the weirdness is something awesome that God wants to teach you. Now, that is God actually displaying Jehovah Rapha, which is this. I'm your healer. Lift it up. Those who look upon me will be saved from their affliction. Jesus later says, as the snake was lifted up in the wilderness, that's a picture of me. If you look upon me, you will be healed. Back then, God was showing you who I am. Do you understand that? A snake on a mountain to heal people? Yes, but if you turn your eyes upon it, you'll be healed. This is literally a picture of Jesus Christ. They're all through the Old Testament. Maybe I'll keep you someday for four hours and we'll go through all the different things. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. And it was all there for a reason. It was all there for a reason for you to understand and see and look upon Jehovah Rapha. Now, I want to say something else about this. Oh, by the way, interestingly enough, you ever see um, a side of hospitals or ambulances, the snake twisted around the staff? That's where that comes from, by the way. They don't even know that they're driving by with Jehovah Rapha. God will heal you on their staff. <laughs> Anywho. All right, let me close it down because I'm having way too much fun in this today. God promises through Jehovah Rapha, though. Here's the thing. Ready? I was on there for the, my wrist for the prayer thing. The, uh, it's nothing big. Um, I had what's called metacarpal bossing before, uh, where they said it was bone stuff, and they said they needed to go in there with a Dremel saw and cut the bossing of the metacarpal. We have a problem. I'm a guitar player. We have a problem. If I don't play, you guys don't get to worship with this instrument. Okay? I need to be able to do this, and I also need to be able to hold my children and cut wood for the wood stove and all this sort of stuff, right? Interestingly enough, this name is the name, listen to me, and I want you to hear this, and you can throw stones at me all you want, and you can doubt me, whatever. God has decided that he's the healer. That's who he is. Your opinion of that in your circumstances, you cannot change that God is the healer. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's going to do what he's going to do, and that's heal. Now, this is where things get weird because you have to get in line with that and you have to do this. You have to look to that, don't you? That's why I brought up the snake, Bruce. We have to look to that. But lots of us will go, he only heals people who are obedient. He only heals so-and-so because he's better than me. Or I haven't been so good this week. He hasn't. And I can see God going, what do you think this has to do so much with you and your behavior? It's who I am. Do you understand that? Okay, you need this. Same with providing. If my children come to me and they start doubting and blah, 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 and God, you know, Daddy, I haven't been so... Listen, I give to you because it's who I am. Do you get that? And I am the healer because it's who I am. So next time you know you want to go to God for a healing, for someone you love maybe even, you stop thinking it has anything to do with you, and you realize that he named himself Jehovah Rapha. Do you understand? 
Boy, don't you love how it's not, a, not about us? Don't we get there every week? Let's keep going. Now, this is another one. You guys are going to be familiar with this, but the reason I had to do this all together, not on this list here, I don't believe, is one that Yeshua walks into town and he starts doing things that no other human being could do, walking on water, changing H2O into some other compound, right? Doing things that we, oh my gosh, we, you have our attention, Yeshua, the carpenter's son. What do you have to say? And he says, when you pray, say, Daddy in heaven, hallowed is your name. And these Jews who are so pious, Hasidic Jews don't work because they're too holy. Do you know that? And they just walk around and, oh God, oh God, oh God. And Jesus goes, hi, Dad. But how do you argue with a man who is supernaturally doing things? How do you argue with him? They try to. They're like, he... He does that stuff through the devil that they did. Because you know what? If they gave him credit for doing the stuff he did, that meant that we actually have an avenue for intimacy with Elohim, who's as tender as an, a father holding a newborn baby. Do you follow me on this? I've taught you this before. Abba is not dad. What up, dad? Abba is dad-da. Abba's not even daddy. Abba, in its actual original, is the first utterances of a fully dependent child. The youngest kids, well, I would say Steph's is younger, but I think about you guys and Brooke, and I think about how when that kid looks up at you, and you know they're totally dependent on you because you've had to feed them. You've had to take care of the food on the other end when it comes out. <laughs> you've had to try to get them to sleep. and then, But when that kid looks at you and goes, Mama or Dada, it just locks in this, I will do anything for you, little child. Right? Forever and ever. Amen. I am your parent. And Jesus walks along, and instead of going, <coughs> obey me, and he could have. Instead of flying, you don't think he could have enforced gravitons? Instead of flying around going, you're wrong. He says this. Let me model to you how you can approach God. You understand Elohim. I think we're going to touch Adonai. And you understand Yahweh. But understand your Abba Father. Abba in heaven, hallowed be your name. Abba means daddy. It means this. He's the one who can be fully trusted, tender, gentle, the one we can lean on. He cares about our concerns. Just as a godly father's presence in the daily lives is our daily lives is one of protection, security, and unconditional love. This this is, like I say, a tenderness. Now, I don't care, I'm gonna keep you. Women get this better, and we suffer for this. Oh, I don't have that picture again. Dear God in heaven, will I just get that picture? You know what I'm saying? I'm so mad at myself for that. I have a picture on my computer of, it's called Your First Minute in Heaven. And it's a woman who's embracing Jesus. It's beautiful, absolutely. I have it on my phone. It's not going to do anybody any good. Um, Bruce and I were talking. You ready for this, though? Men, men have a hard time relating to that. We do. I won't pick on Walt. I won't pick on Mike. I won't pick on... We have a hard time relating to just jumping into the arms of Jesus and hugging him. We get this idea of like, thanks, Jesus. Thanks for everything you've done for us. <laughs> You're laughing because it's absurd, and it absolutely is. So men, here's the thing. We love heaven, thunder, da -da 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 -da. we get into that, and that's fine. But just like how you know everybody else needs to get all these dairies of God, you need to understand the tender, compassionate, loving part of Jesus. If you think for one second, my feet aren't going to leave the... He's going to spin me around like an airplane, and I'm going to be okay with it. 
I was going to go off about masculinity and femininity and how true masculinity is tender and loving and gentle and kind. My son says to me the other day, he goes, ah, what are you, who are you talking to, Daddy? I said, who do you think I was talking to? He goes, Uncle Pete. Pete's not his, my brother. Pete's my best friend in his whole life. And he goes, Uncle Pete. I said, why do you think that? He goes, because you always tell him you love him before you get off the phone with him. And I said, Alex, I absolutely do love Pete. We bled together. We've cried together. He was there when I buried my father. I love him, and I don't want him to go a day without knowing it. I got to get that. I got to get that, because Heavenly Father is firing the mountain with a kick drum and electric guitars and F-15s flying over, and I love that. But I have to get to the point where I allow that tenderness of God inside of me. And can I be honest, to a degree, I, do, I, do, I am sort of envious in, in a healthy way of women, because you guys do this so much more naturally. Do you ever wonder why the women got it and the men didn't? I'm not picking on men. I don't do that. It's every other preacher. I'm not doing that. But I will tell you this. The women were the first one to know he was going to rise again. They're already there waiting. And the women are the ones going, hey, he rose again. And they're like, yeah, we'll believe when I see it. We don't know. But you wonder why? Because there's a spot inside of us that women tend to be more tender toward. And you guys can embrace Abba Father while we stand back with our armor on. Good seeing you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for what you did for us. I got news for you today, man. Push past it. I'll give you one little thing. You ever watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Don't ever let, don't ever let anybody tell you it's uh, not godly because you got a bunch of men who come together and sacrifice themselves for the goodness of other people and they take great power and get rid of it to save other people. It's an archetype of God and what he does for you. Now listen to me. If you watch the Lord of the Rings, you'll find this weird thing. Tolkien wrote masculinity in exactly the way I'm talking about. Now, y'all might be getting bored in the center. That's fine. Picture your husbands, brothers, fathers. In the Lord of the Rings, they say things like this. Oh, my dear friend, it is so good to see you. They, they, they embrace one another. Till we meet again, good friend. Ah, Frodo, my old friend. They're tender with one another without being feminine. And boy, I wish the men that follow Christ Jesus could get a hold of this. That being tender, I believe, is actually an act of greater strength. Abba Father is still Elohim. And I think it takes Elohim to then make himself vulnerable and recklessly love us and become Abba Father. Get it? Lord, help us as men to become that. It's not natural to us. And in fact, we're told we get picked on for that. I've gotten picked on that my entire life for being affectionate, for being passionate and all that. And now I realize that that's just insecurity out of other people picking on a man who's strong enough to be that way. I don't care. It doesn't challenge my masculinity at all. In fact, it's a part that God showed us. Jesus allowed John to, to lay, lay upon him, right? To be, being, being affectionate with other men in a, in a masculine way, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, we're called to be good friends. So there's Abba Father. Because you are his sons, Galatians 4, 6, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. One more and then we're, we're done, I believe. Uh, Yahweh Shalom or Jehovah Shalom. Is that one on there? Yes, on the second one up. Now, this is important because he doesn't get talked about much. This part of the Lord our God does not get talked about much. The Lord is peace. Now, we've talked before about you know, present your requests to God with a thankful heart. We talked about the, the, the recipe for peace. And the peace of God, which, you know, surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We've talked about that. But I want you to understand something. God as peace, God as the, now, 
God as the antithesis or God as the answer to chaos. Ah, I don't want to say it because then y'all are going to take on the baggage. Depression and anxiety can be real issues. I believe in prayers, pill, and pills, and people. God gave us medicine. So when I'm talking about depression or manic behavior, I am not simply saying pray, pray it harder. I'm not doing that. Okay? But I do want to say this. Jehovah Shalom means this. One part of who God actually is is our peace. Do you understand that so far? So just like how when we talk about Jehovah Jireh, the provider, when you have a need, it's not actually about you because he's already called himself the one that will meet the need. I want to introduce you to Jehovah Shalom, which is this. You serve a God who is your peace if you allow him to be. Does that make sense? The world does not have this. The world does not know this because they do not serve him. Elohim, Yahweh. Did I do Adonai? I don't think I did Adonai. All these different ones, but you got to understand this. If I'm not feeling peace right now, you brush yourself over next to Jehovah Shalom. Or you meditate on Jehovah Shalom. It's a part of who he is as much as Abba Father, as much as Elohim, as much as Yahweh. And to wrap this up, I just want to say this. None of this has to do with you or, wait for it, or your behavior. This is who God is. David was called a man after God's own heart because he pursued him and wanted to know him, right? Well, now I've just introduced you to all these different areas that, that are equally God. So don't just take and pick and choose the different parts that you want. Don't sit there and go, I know Abba Father, I know Elohim, but he's not my provider. Well, because now, well, that's a lie. Because he's either all of these things or he's none of these things. Do you understand that? And so if you're lacking peace in your life, number one, don't own a burden. Don't own that. But I want you to investigate that. If you're lacking peace in your life, is it maybe because I haven't embraced this side of God, right? You're getting the point. I'm beating, I'm beating it to death. Do we have a song at the end here? Brian? What? Okay, all right. <laughs> I might want to pick this up next week, but who knows what I want, right? Take these with you guys. And in your private time, when you're outside of the corporate worship, I want you to understand when you desire peace, I want you to remember my voice in your head saying this. You have a God of peace. Make the choice. You have the God of peace. Move toward him. Understand that it's who he is and doesn't rely on how you feel. Or don't. But he's there. Mike, does that make sense? Let's sing Beautiful One just to simply worship all the different aspects of God, which we see in the personhood of Jesus Christ.